This week's episode is a little unconventional in that instead of broadcasting from Millstone Pizza like we usually do, we had a Google Hangout with a group of people from the Brightbox co-work in Winchester, Virginia. Um, we ended up talking about a lot of the same themes and ideas that we usually do on the show, but uh, you know we have a lot more input and uh, uh, concepts from from a group of people who are actively participating in the kind of lifestyle that is is a through line with the show. Um, I'm going to give you an introduction here. Uh, Jason actually sort of began by summarizing a day remus for them, um, and we'll spare you that the ins and outs of that again on the show. We're going to catch the tail end of that and then, then go into our conversation with the guys and girls at uh, Brightbox in Winchester. Um, and we actually had to break it up into two parts because it ended up just running so long, but all of it was a really kind of interesting and, and compelling conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Do you want to count it off? No. Okay. into the development of a downtown or something is usually limited to the crazy people who do something like what you did. Or the people who go through the bureaucratic system of, of kind of the um, infrastructure of the powers that be. There's really before hasn't been a mechanism by which one can just say, I have this amount of ideas, and I just want to put it forward and participate in some fashion. And not necessarily execute it themselves or alone, but yeah. just put the thought out Maybe, there. maybe not, you know, yeah. either way. Yeah. So that's what a day room is. I know conversations that we've had at bars saying, oh, you know what would be really cool if we had this? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, how do you even generate interest in that? And, and so that's sort of that your concept gives that a vehicle for a conversation at least. Otherwise it's just four people sitting in a bar saying, Yeah, it'd be really cool if we have this thing and it yeah, goes nowhere. Probably so. a lot of other people having that same conversation. I find that in a bookstore because I talk to every length of society and I hear similar ideas across the pattern. I mean I hear, you know, the Joe businessman who owns seven buildings on the walking mall say, I don't get why we don't have another, you know, whatever bar. And, I, and then I hear it from you because you want another whatever bar. And I say, well, you know, there's 10 people who want this. Somebody should make another whatever bar. But I think that place to have the conversation and make it come together is often great. I mean, I think the idea of being able to play with it on your computer when you're bored and you look at your town and go, you know, the other day I really needed, uh, you know, grass green ribbon and I didn't have any. Damn, there should be a store that has that. And be able to dream that way, I think, is a neat thing to think about your hometown and shopping local, but it's different. Absolutely. So are you guys actually seeing, like, what sort of participation are you seeing? I wish we had way more participation than we have so far. Um, But, but, you know, one thing I've learned in in developing anything, and we've developed a lot of things, whether they're on the Internet or not, is that... It's an iterative process, again, to, to overuse that word. I mean, we, we keep trying to improve the interface. We keep trying to improve the, the ability to interact. We keep trying to improve the ability to um, add value or share, uh, to create social interaction. We talk about it. We think about it all the time. I mean, you know, we're getting hundreds of people there, but we want thousands of people there. You know, we want... We've probably broken a thousand, I'm sure, but I mean, we want hundreds of thousands of people there. So, so I actually work with. Um, I've been invited 
fortunately, to speak to communities about downtown revitalization now that a lot of communities are really getting in tune to um, that downtown revitalization is not about uh, kind of consultant strategic pra uh, policy as much as it's about just engaging talented people in doing interesting things, I mean, to be simple. And you don't have to outsource that. No, no, it's, it, it all comes of the community. So it's funny, I, I say like, it's funny because I come from out of town, yeah, but my whole kind of philosophy is let's engage the people that are among this community to do this thing here. But anyway, so, so the more I travel around communities and talk, the more people are engaging and using a Dayremus for their own community. Um, I think our challenge is once I explain it, people are like, oh my God, that's amazing, that's fantastic, we, we, we should totally be doing that here, and then we're able to get students involved in, in using it. But our barrier to entry right now is that like, unless I can travel to every person's home and kind of explain what it is, people don't really, first of all, we haven't had a lot of people go there, but when they go there, they kind of don't know exactly what it is. You know? Yeah, it's complicated, because it's like being, you know, making movies one of the big issues it's like it's like everyone has a great idea for a movie you know and sort of the great challenge is that breaking the story and that sort of communication of your ideas is like sometimes even when you're like here are my ideas it's plain as day you still don't know how it's going to hit people if they're quite going to grasp it and we've you know we've done a lot of little methods and um so far it's only been like specifically like i think our only real hit so far is like it's been a local thing because somebody heard about it as a guy that had a successful business on the other side of town and is interested in opening a business downtown and, and he was the quintessential case study though because he's he wants to open a business downtown he identified a property where he thinks he can make it work and he described the business he wants to create and everybody in Rock Hill and he, and he shared it on Facebook and he put it on his website and people all over this town are blowing up saying oh my god I would eat there this is fantastic I would love for you to come to town so he's building social capital that he can take to investors and say hey man look you know these people want this it's a, it's a social betting process it is, yeah. it is. It, it's, it's testing the waters yeah. and, and getting the information and then taking that to investors yeah. so our desire is to hit this type of you know critical mass or tipping point or whatever you want to call it to where people are doing that naturally without us I mean right now it's very much taking us to say hey let me tell you what this thing is and then you can capitalize on it and it needs to just take off um, Charlie who's also here with that dog um, <laughs> um, she also has a business down here downtown too and I know we commented when um, you guys were here in town that things have come a long way just in the you know five to six years that I've been here um, but we don't feel like we're done and I think that this is an awesome um, piece for our town and I know um, yes. so <laughs> this is Joel who I was speaking to you guys earlier um, Hello. I am a, a, a young architect here in town and uh, we work on a lot of different projects all around the city, cultural and commercial and residential otherwise. And um, my bosses actually own a building in Old Town, which uh, they felt like was important to show that they believed in community and also put their money where their mouth was about how you improve a place and how you can change the character of a neighborhood just by uh, your presence. And um, so uh, we're deeply interested in how um, the direction of the town 
is going. And um, uh, Chuck's actually on the branding task task force. I don't know what they call it. It's kind of a funny term when you think about it. But anyway, um, because the city um, realizes that they have a difficult time um, explaining what it is that they're um, good at. Um, and when you think about Winchester, nobody agrees on what it is that they should say to people. Um, it's a big problem to have. Um, and usually what we've discovered is everyone thinks uh, it, it's old is the best part, which I think is an interesting <laughs> and terrible idea at the same time. Um, the Golden Girls. Golden Girls. In their Betty, Betty, yes. We need the, so um, what I find interesting about your work is um, uh, we actually are planning a, um, a symposium in Charlottesville, well not me, my, my bosses, about this very subject. And um, one of the examples that we keep using is called Fundrise in D.C. Um, it was set up by a couple of rich boys um, who thought that what their dad did was stupid, which is exactly what you described, where they, <laughs> their dad has hundreds of millions of dollars, and he descended from Olympus with the tablets and said, this is what we're doing. And um, so these guys set this up, and um, unfortunately, it's driven from the money side, right? So they say, we want to spend a million dollars on a building on H Street and turn it into a bodega and three apartments. Mm -hmm. And they sell shares. And um, it, it seemed like a novel idea, except they run afoul of the SEC, who think that what they're doing is piracy as far as <laughs> the investors are concerned. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, um, what I think you guys should, uh, what's interesting to me is the social aspect of what you're doing, um, uh, is because I think it's applicable to everything from museums to um, stores from all of the above. And I think if you talked about that um, specifically and stayed away from the money side, you guys would do a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That's, we have not monetized the day Remus on purpose. You know, we, we don't have, there's no money, there's no crowdfunding side, there's no, there's nothing to do with the day Remus where you can buy something, there's no advertising. We're just hoping to achieve movement towards people wanting to participate in developing their own town. And you know, you're talking about um, it being old. Um, you know, the new use of old space, I think, we've kind of started saying that term a lot. Um, that is everything. You know, old is great if there's new usage in old. You know what I mean? Like, if it's just old and empty, I mean, then that, that's nothing. It's all about, you know, the way it's used and the way people behave. So if people are behaving in a space to do interesting new things and that space is old, that's the ultimate win. Because if, you ha if you're behaving newly in a new space, it's kind of like a passing fad. It's like, you know, 80s um, you know, leg warmer or something. It's going to go away. But, like, if it's, if it's old space, this brick walls and all this stuff, that's never going away. And then you put a new usage in that space. So I, when I speak to um, groups about looking to revitalize things, I always say, you know, you got all this old space and they're trying to fill it. And I always say, you start with 
if you have a metric at all, the metric is how many people, how frequently are in that space doing something interesting. That is the ultimate metric of the revitalization of any any downtown, you know. So so and and then you there's something else that you said that inspired me, but I'll stop because I can't remember. Was it the Golden Girls? It was Betty White. Actually, Betty sorry, White. I keep going back to that, but I really had this thing with <laughs> Betty White. So. Well, I think that what you guys could provide um, would be something useful, especially for a town like Winchester. And I don't know if any of your um, uh, clients have run across this. We've encountered it a lot. Um, the banking model in this country is derived from what your neighbor did and not what you want to do. Right, right. Um, so a lot of people who would love to invest money um, in a building in Old Town, the banks um, look around and say, my God, uh, there's a lot of junk around here. And if you put that money into your building, you're crazy. Um, and so if you are dependent on financing for anything, you have to follow their rules, which are just as arbitrary as anyone else's rules. Right. So um, I think that if you could provide a sort of a roadmap and say, hey, 80 plus thousand people think that this is a great idea or less, you know, whatever your, your scale. Do you have a university? Yes. Yes. Right here. So Scott, this, <laughs> is, this is perfect timing. So Scott is actually the um, chief marketing creative person. Officer. Officer. I was, I was also, I went there on the state of At Shenandoah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The badge. Yeah. With uh, Shenandoah University here in town. So this is also applicable in his world as well. So. Yeah, and I think, I think one thing that's interesting about spaces and places is all the various pieces that need to come together and almost oddly simultaneous. I, I think one of the reasons, and this is kind of an interesting thing, I mean, Shenandoah was actually brought to Winchester in 1960, and they were in another location down near Harrisonburg, Virginia, and the, the city recognized, and there was a group in the city that said, if we're going to be a substantial city that's in this for the long haul, we need the makeup of a couple of different things. And one of those things was, we need a university. <clears throat> and they... They uh, gave Shenandoah, that was, uh, I, I guess it was about 80 miles away, this land, and said, you know, here's this land, it's yours, um, build on it, and and build a build a, a school. I mean, at that time, it was just a, a small college, and you know, that foresight to do that was huge. But the other interesting thing about that is. It almost made the university start over in 1960, and it's even true today with where we are. It's like we're we have a history back, you know, 1875, but in so many ways, it's like we're a school that just started in 1960. Because in most cases, when you go to towns where there's a university, it's part of the town. It grew up when the town grew up. It's part of the town center. It's it's part of that fabric, and there's still people alive who still view the university as that entity that came in from the outside right, that's right. here now. And there's sort of this memory about it that almost gives it truth that we're not of Winchester. But when new people come, it's like, oh, you have a, you have a university. Oh, this is great. And, and they sort of see it like that. But there's, you know, we're doing some projects where 
it's not certain it's not favored by some of the towns some of the townspeople and they see that as yeah there's one they are and so that's one of the um it's just interesting how much that culture plays a role in perception of what's possible and i think that's yep. true about downtown is you have you have this view of well it's getting old and it's getting deteriorated and that's what it is rather than the what could it be and let's start the ball rolling and I think that there's so much about what you guys are doing from a social sense that it kind of lowers the barriers of like buying a building, painting it, making it look like something's happening there. This just becomes like hey there's these people here. That feel like something needs to happen. Well, one thing I preach over and over and over again is, is you know, university is charged with creating learning experiences uh, for educational purposes of the students that uh, pay to attend that university, right? So, what if those learning experiences are um, in doing uh, work where the community is essentially the client? So, you know, we have in, in Rock Hill, we created this program where we bring Winthrop University students and York Technical College students into downtown Rock Hill and we train them how to do internet marketing by doing free websites for nonprofit organizations. So the nonprofits win, of course, because they're getting free websites. The city wins because the youth is in downtown and they're creating energy as a place-making economic development tool. And then you have the students having a, the capsule experience of a lifetime. Right, and, and, and then they're all being trained by our company, Revenflow, we're a private sector company. We win because we need talent more than anything. So, you know, the new economy, the knowledge economy is about talent. Everything's about talent. So the future of every downtown, of every city, this small city is about recruiting, retaining talent. So if, you, if you're able to tap into the university and you say, you know, I'm actually talking to Salisbury, Maryland about the potential of saying, okay, what if we took three masters uh, students, MBA students, made one of them a CEO, one of them a COO, one of them a CFO, and we took undergrad marketing students and every semester fed them into this program. We ran it like a business, located it in downtown, and the client is the community itself, and the business marketed things like film festivals or, you know, whatever niche businesses are, are exciting. So the community's winning from it and the students are getting a better educational experience than they could get in the classroom anyway, you know? Those are the types of programs I think could, a university is one of the linchpins of the successful economy as we move forward, I believe. Well, also in a portfolio to walk walk away, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's a yeah. great, great, great showcase. Well, the big thing that's a huge conversation in higher ed is that Practical applied experience, and I think that I think that that blending of basically the, the university instead of being an area that occupies a piece of land is really about what you're saying is how does it how is it getting out of those doors, doing something, and being a part of the community, but in an even broader uh, yeah. and certainly there. And I think that you know we've got a, a newer dean from the business school, and actually we have a business school graduate with us tonight, um, but he he's very much about trying to bring in entrepreneurial thinking and he's been trying to get students out of the community to do things 
But um, but something that's a little more focused and hardline, I think, is exactly that's great. You can even do this with K twelve and community uh, college and university. I mean, think about how amazing it would be if we had third graders meeting state standards by solving community related problems. Think about the intrinsic value of of appreciating. The potential in your own community instead of growing up the way I did, where I was taught by every force around me that I was in the lamest place in yeah. the world. And like my, everybody thinks, yeah. And my, it's a juvenile experience, it's common yeah. among you know Americans. My job was to leave this place and never come back. And if I ever came back, then I'm a failure. You know, I was right. taught that. Yeah, I definitely think as a culture, we're maturing past that. And I think that, you know, I mean, not trying to look into the crystal ball here or anything, but um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, in the coming decades and stuff, you know, it's about education and, and as far as like the skills that we want to give to people in general, you know, life, I think the idea of like problem solving skills and that kind of perspective and that creativity about how can I improve, <laughs> okay, how, how can I improve whatever, you know, my community or, or what, you know, that attitude of what, not, not necessarily just sort of being able to regurgitate things you're taught, but more about like I said, how to solve problems, how to take whatever's happening and say, is this the best way this thing can happen? Is there a better way to do this? It's, a, it's about relevance. I mean, when you talk about education and, and you hear how broken our education system is because it's not rigor enough, rigorous enough for our students, what's well, because there's no relevance. And, and relevance makes that rigorous curriculum possible. But without the relevance... There's nothing to take ownership. No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. You know, actually, all learning from a very psychological, you know, kind of philosophical or psychological standpoint, all learning is about connectivity. If you can connect something that you learn to something that you know, that's where learning happens. It's the synapse between the two. And so... If we don't create connectivity between our local environment and the, and the academic concepts that we're learning, then we have what we have now, which is, boy, I sure am smart, yet I know nothing about my town, and I need to go somewhere where other smart people are because, God, this place sucks. You know, that is the phenomenon we've created across the country over the past yeah. 60 years, you know? To, yeah, to do better, you have to be elsewhere. You have to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's – and something on the podcast that we do continually comes up about the changing nature of um, sort of, I guess, geography and what it means to career and talent and culture and how basically, you know, because of the connectivity of the internet and every – you know, our whole lives are all we – have, we have total access to everything and everyone all the time. And so naturally, um, the idea of like moving to a big city or whatever ha is going to change because now it's just it, – you can do pretty much anything professionally from wherever. So it becomes about going to a place that you just like and you feel good or possibly about improving the place that you are, period, you know, and I think that's going to get more and more a case as time goes on. Absolutely. Personally. Do you find yourself working with cities more frequently or um, businesses or who tends to, to come out to uh, talk to you guys about this process? Um, well, um, most of our work has been with... Um, businesses you know and the businesses have gotten larger and larger and then communities have gotten involved in that so you know we started as an internet marketing company and that used to mean um can you make me a web sheet man you know and it evolved into kind of how do we use the internet in a meaningful way in all kinds of different to solve all kinds of different problems so 
you know, a lot of it's marketing, but then we get into things like, right now we're working with the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system to say, how can we use the internet to help um, the community be able to interface with the school system? So, you know, churches or benefactors or whatever, if they want to help the school system locally, how can the internet be used to help that process? So we're trying to solve that problem. You know, right now I'm talking to a couple uh, communities in Maryland of how can the internet be used to, you know, one community saying, how can the internet be used to um, help people all over the region understand that we are an adventure, adventure sports mecca? You know, and another uh, community saying, how can we use the internet to revitalize our downtown? So most of our... Um, Business, our paying business over the years has come from people who saying, you know, help us use the internet in a more meaningful way. And I'm like, man, just type in www, man. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but good advice. But yeah, they never right? do. They never, they never do. do. They don't never take it. It's a secret. But anyway, alongside that, running parallel to that was our just passion for and um, interest in economic uh, development and revitalization of our own town. And so what's happened is, is that now that we've had this experience in creating these collaborative training programs and these, you know, different things we've done, um, like with the Day Remus, not only do we develop the software, but we got the masters in business, the MBA students at Winthrop University are, are using the technology to prototype businesses for downtown for master's credit, and we're having a conference um, and coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're way beyond kind of just what the internet can do. And so now what's happening is we have communities and organizations, whether they're hospitals or school systems, contacting us to say, hey, listen, how in the world do we, you know, kind of leverage the energy of young people or how do we recruit talent or how do we revitalize this um, space? And it all comes down to the same stuff, you know. And it all comes down to one word, and the word is people. You know, we get fascinated with um, real estate or development or funding or money or anything, but it all comes down to people. If you're going to open a space, like your bookstore, your bookstore's nothing if there aren't people in it. It's just a bunch of books. <laughs> it's your closet <laughs> if you don't have people in it. You know what I mean? I, I do, yes. Yes, yes. So everything that you do that has to do with anything about moving forward, it, it, the question is, is this is this the highest and best use um, of getting people into a space to interact in a meaningful way? So we're finding that we, we can add value in that equation in a lot of different ways. I don't know if that answers your question, but... All right, well, that's it for this week. We'll uh, see you next week with the second half of our Google Hangout with Brightbox Cowork in Winchester, Virginia. Thanks.